University Hills, we preach most of our weekend sermons in a series, a theme of messages that we weave together to kind of tell one point over the course of several weeks. And we're in the second week of a series about testing, about how your life is a series of tests. And we said last week that your life is filled with opportunities known as, if you weren't here, write this down, proving grounds. That your life will be filled with opportunities. That in your relationship with God, there are times of testing. And I want to really reshape your perspective on the problems that come into your life. That today, if you're in a problem, today if you've got a situation, a trial, a circumstance that you feel like, I don't know why I'm facing this, battling this. I don't know why our marriage is going through that. I don't know why we're struggling financially. I don't know why there's physical problems. I don't know why I can't sleep. I don't know why things... I was going to say I can't eat, but I've never had that problem. You know what I mean? I don't know why. I just don't know why I'm in what, I, what, I'm, what I'm in or facing what I'm facing. I want, I want in this series, the purpose is for you, to, for you to change your perspective and for you to really start facing your problems with a new lens to look through. That the lens that you look at your problems is this is an opportunity for me to prove my potential. That's the proving ground. To prove my potential for more. That I can can prove my potential for more. Hang on just a second, guys. We'll get to that test. Go right back to the other one. There we go. That I'm in a proving ground for more. That there's something in my life that I'm proving that I have potential for. And I know there's things in your life that you think, man, I wish these were different. There's things in my life I wish were different. There's things that you face you think, man, I wish I, I could. And there's things I wish I could. But I do want you to know that, that even though God doesn't always cause the things in your life, God will always use the problems of your life to test you and your potential for more. Now let me tell you what this is not about. Listen close. This is not about your salvation. You've given your heart to Jesus, repented of all your sins. You're saved. You're accepted by God. You're loved by God unconditionally, right where you are, just like you are. That's that's not up for debate. But I've met a lot of people who are saved, accepted, sanctified, come on somebody, filled, just ready to go to heaven, but they still live in hell. You know what I'm saying? I've met a lot of people who are saved and they're mad about it. You can just tell by looking at their faces. They usually come to first service. I can tell, I I know a lot of people who are on their way to heaven, but they just don't have abundant life on earth. Their life on earth is filled with negativity and down and out, and I don't know, and is it ever going to get better? And and, and you meet them in HEB, and they just turn the other way, and I say, hey, how's it going? It's fine, I guess. I mean, I'm tired. I'm busy. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get through it. Married an idiot, ain't got no money, hate H-E-B. All right, well, make sure you tell everybody you go to that other church down the road, all right? Okay, please don't ever wear that Dream Team shirt again in public, okay? Anybody know Christians like that? Not, not in this church, but in other churches I've met some. that that. I, and listen, here's really what I want you to get out of this series. I want you to, I'm not solving all your problems. I want you to change your perspective on your problems. So if you have a bad day in H-E-B and somebody says, how's it going? You can go, man, I'm learning so much in this. God's teaching me so much about myself and how to love the jerk I'm married to. Come on, somebody. God's teaching me in this season. I'm in a test. Shout amen to that. 
Your life is filled with opportunities known as proving grounds. Your spiritual life is a series of tests. And, 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 and we're proving the potential that, that God has something more for you. That, that an open door in your life that's next is, is predicated on how you deal with the test that you're in right now. Would you say out loud, I'm in a test. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm in a test. I'm married to a test. Don't say that. I'm in a test. I'm raising my test. Maybe that's where you are. I'm working in my test. Maybe that's where you are. Our finances are in a test. Our physical health is in a test. My emotional and mental state is in a test right now. You were probably in the middle of a test and you may or may not recognize it. And here's the thing I want you to hear. Listen is that you're not going to graduate from this series of testing. You're just going to get more, and you're going to, the, 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 the level of testing will increase. But every time you pass a grade in school, you still have to prove you can read, do math, and spell on that grade level. You understand what I'm telling you? You don't ever get to the point where they go, okay, you've got enough math. Okay, that's plenty. You did three or four years of this. We think you're okay with that. There's there's always another level of expertise you can go to. So there's some times in your life you ever tell God, Okay, God, I get it. I've learned my lesson. Anybody but me ever said that? What if you only learned the lesson on that level? It's possible that there will be an opportunity in your life again for you to learn that lesson again with different expertise with a new twist on it, that there's a series of tests. Uh, you're going to have an attitude test. Is my attitude going to stay right? Am I going to keep a spirit of excellence? Am I going to keep my heart right? Am I going to criticize, be negative, always talk about what's wrong? It, it, it's a series of tests about your commitment. Are we going to stay faithful? Am I going to be committed? Can you count on me? It, it, is, is my loyalty there? Do you know that commitment and loyalty... The only way you know if you really are is if you're tested not to be. The only way you can prove that you're committed and loyal is if you have an opportunity not to be committed and loyal. Do you understand that? The testing of your faith. And we said last week that I think there's probably more, but I've identified nine spiritual tests that I think every believer here And every believer in the world will eventually go through and many times over. I'm in the middle of many tests right now. You're probably in the middle of a lot of tests. And and I don't know how long this series will last. All I really know is in July I'm going to preach joy to you. So however it takes, let me get to hear from there, I I don't know. But we'll see over the next couple of weeks how many of these I can can preach to you. Are you ready for that? Say I'm ready. I'm going to try to give you two today. So I want you to write this down. The first test of the nine tests I'll preach to you today is the test of small things. The test of small things. By the way, that's not the test of short people. The test, <laughs> the test of small things. The test of small things comes into your life to prove your potential for something more. The test of small things comes into your life to prove your potential for greater opportunities. I'm being tested with a small thing. I know you can look in your life and think, man, I can't believe that I'm working this little menial job. I can't believe I only have this much responsibility. I can't believe it's just this. I'm just having to do that. I can't believe. I feel so emasculated. I can't believe I'm taking a job for $10 an hour. and just. I can't believe this is where I'm at in my life. I thought I'd be further. I thought I'd have more 
responsibility. I can't believe this is what I got going on right now. Listen, there are times in your life when you're given small things to prove your potential for greater opportunities. I tell you this often, but I'll remind you again. You can pray till you're blue in the face for a brand new Mercedes S-Class, but if you don't wash that Ford you got, you will not wash and vacuum that Mercedes you're praying for. If you don't clean your 500 square foot one bedroom apartment now, you will not clean that ranch house you're asking for. If you're not thankful for what you got right now, if you don't thank God for the job you do have, you will not be thankful for the job that you're praying for. I'm preaching where you are right now. If you don't tithe on $100 a week, you will not tithe on $1,000 a week. If you don't serve right now when you've got extra time when Sunday's off, you won't find yourself serving when you don't. I'm just telling you, it's always a test of small things. There are things in your life. I think this church, are you ready for this? I didn't tell first service this. I'll tell you. I think this church is in a test of small things. You know why I love this dream team? is because they take care of small things. Like today when you came in, they cleaned these seats. There's a dream team member that wiped down every seat you're in right now and prayed for it. You know our dream team cleaned up popcorn. The theater didn't do that for us. Our dream team did that. You walk in those bathrooms. That soap, you bought that. Our, our dream team recleans the bathrooms every single service, refreshing it for you, setting it up. You know why? Because I think we're in a test of small things. And every time I pray that God gives us a building with great bathrooms, I remind Him that we take care of the ones we have. You didn't say amen louder than that. If, you want to, if this is your church and you want a building here, the reason why I push you to serve with excellence here, the reason why God's called us to pursue excellence is because I'm going to pass the test of small things. I'm going to be trusted with what I do have so that when it's time for more, God can trust me with more. Shout amen to that, everybody. And you're in the test of small things. There's some things in your life that you're being tested. Why? If you can't handle the pressure of this, you can't handle the pressure of that. If you can't do well and excellent with this, you're not going to do well and excellent with more. If you can't manage the finances you have, why would God give you a raise so you can get in more debt with money that you don't know how to manage when you had less? You ever look back over your life at little pay, like Brandy and I do that we play this game sometimes of how did we eat? <laughs> Where we look over our ministry and think how in the world when we were making this amount of money did we eat? Anybody else ever do that? I don't know how we did it. We just did. It's amazing. If you, if you won't manage this and you'll get in the debt with this, you'll do it with more. If you win the lottery, you'll still get in debt and credit cards. You know why? Because it's a test of small things. It's a test of how it is that I handle what God gave me. Do I do it with all of my heart? Do I do it begrudgingly? Do I do it with excellence? No better story than the, than the story of David in the Old Testament to illustrate the test of small things. You know David as the man after God's own heart. You know David as the mighty warrior. You know David as the king of all of Israel, the giant slayer David. But David started his ministry in the back of a field. Nobody knew him. His brothers didn't want him around. His father had forgotten about him. The preacher had to ask two or three times, do you have any more kids? And finally, Jesse, his father goes, oh, I forgot about that other one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like that's true. Like That's why Brandy and I only have two. Because after three, I just feel like, you know what I mean? They just take over. You know what I'm saying? Anybody more than that? If there's more than them than there are of you, it's just it's, the odds don't work in your favor. And it's like Bebe's kids. Any kid of the 90, come on. Baby's kids, they don't die, they just multiply. That's what I'm talking about. A few of y'all know. 
Jesse couldn't even remember he had another baby. Ah, I forgot about David, the ugly one. The Bible calls him ruddy in complexion. The, oh, the one that has to wear sunblock. You know what I mean, all the redheads. <laughs> the, one, the, one, the one that all, he's just out there in the field all by himself. Yeah, 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 all by himself keeping his father's sheep. A menial task. And while he was keeping his father's sheep, he had a slingshot that I imagine somebody gave him for a holiday gift one year in his life. And while he was on the backside of a field keeping his father's sheep, David would hone his skill as a marksman. He would set up targets. Come on, it's Texas. Anybody know what I'm talking about out in the, on the ranch? You just set up targets out there. You, you just knock over everything you can. Cans, bottles, rocks, squirrels. Come on, somebody. Just whatever. Whatever I can knock off out there. And I can see David honing his skills with a fence post and honing his skills with a target practice. And, and, then, and then he picks up a harp and David starts playing the harp. Now listen, it's hard to be a mighty warrior when you play the harp. You know what? I mean, come on, somebody. You know what I mean? I, w- I wish you, in my head, that means electric guitar. I'm just telling you. So anyway, so he's playing the harp back there, and, and nobody recorded him. Nobody, no, listen to me, look into my eyes. Nobody put him on Instagram. Can you believe that? It didn't happen if it's not on Instagram. How in the world is anybody going to discover me if I don't put it on Instagram? How in the world is anybody going to come find me if CNN doesn't bring a news story out and talk about this amazing shepherd on the backside of nowhere? What, where's Case at when you need him doing a story about me out here giving my blood, sweat, and tears and nobody even knows where I'm at on that? The CNN ain't come out and told me nothing. Nobody finds me. Nobody's out here. Nobody knew where he was. Nobody knew what he was doing. He was just honing his skills, just practicing what he knew that God had called him to be. Are, are you with me? Say amen. And then, and, then, and then a little bit more came into his life. And one day the Bible tells the story how a bear comes to attack the flock of Jesse, his father. And, and David takes that slingshot that he's been working on fence posts and targets. And he kills a bear with his slingshot. And then a lion comes and he kills a lion with a slingshot. It started with a fence post and a target. And now it's a bear and a lion. And then one day something else opens up for David. And the test of small things is not a test of how long it takes. A test of small things is not how how long am I going to be here? How long do I have to do this? I never see David saying, I hope it's tomorrow. I hope I get my promotion next week. God, if you don't give me the promotion next week, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. I'm quitting. God, if you don't show me right now, God, I'm going to get you. Y'all never do this to God, but I do. God, you've got 30 days to fix this or else you know. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but it's going to be good. I I don't know yet, but I'm probably going to come up with something that's going to really make you angry. I never see David say, I thought I was supposed to be king. I thought everything was supposed to be right. I thought I was supposed to, I was anointed by Samuel. Why why am I out here doing this? No, no, no. He just just keeps doing what he's been called to do with small things. And then one day, more opens up. Because the Bible is so clear. Luke says it like this. That whoever can be trusted with, say very little. Come on, say it louder. Say very little. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever will be dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. David, this is a principle. David lived in his life. I got very little. I just got sheep. You know what shepherds smell like? 
Yeah, you downhill from a bunch of sheep. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about in his toes. You know what I mean? I'm talking about just, I, it didn't look right. Nobody knew where he was. I'm just going to be trusted with very little. out. I don't have anybody talking about me. Nobody singing songs about me. I'm just out here flinging stones. And then one day he gets a nine-foot opportunity to be a national hero. And in one day, everything in David's life completely changes. In one day, God promotes him. Listen to me. Look into my eyes. You could work for 20 years trying to get the corner office, giving everything, just every, every manipulative way you know how to. You could just cut throat. You could just climb that corporate ladder, kicking everybody else on the way down. But if you'll be faithful with the small thing you have, then when God's ready to promote you, it will just take a matter of just, just one day. Just everything changes in your life in one moment. You, 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 could, you could just keep trying. You could just keep being mean. You could just keep telling everybody why you're the right man for the job. But when God's ready to promote you, listen, nothing in this world can stop God's promotion in your life. David comes from nowhere on the backside of nothing. And David goes to the battlefield. They're fighting the army of Israel, fighting the Philistines. You know the story. Goliath. The, the warrior, nine foot tall, comes down into the valley. The Philistines are on one hill. The Israelites are on the other hill. Everybody's scared. The Bible actually says that when Goliath came down and opened up his mouth, that the soldiers in the army of Israel ran in fear. I think they were French. Anyway, they ran in fear. I'm sorry if you're French. I'm sorry about that. And, 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 and so here, here they are on top of the mountain. And David is tasked. Jesse comes to him and says, bring... So bring your brothers some lunch. And David goes down to the battlefield with lunch for his brothers. And his oldest brother Eliab says to him, I can't even believe you came down here. I don't even know why you're here. There's some people in your life saying, I don't even know why you're still working there. I don't even know why you go to that church. I don't even know why you're staying in this relationship. I don't even know why you're staying faithful right now. I don't even know why you... Why are we still tithing when we don't have any other money? I don't know why we're doing this. And his brother said, I can't believe you're here. I don't know why you came down here. But when God is ready to open a door for you, nothing can stop you. So David starts to tell about what he hears from Goliath. He actually hears Goliath say, send me a man. And he starts talking about the God of Israel. And David gets angry. Because I've been on the backside of the desert writing songs to the God of Israel. And I can't believe you're cussing and talking about God that way. And he gets upset. And Saul, the king, is standing close by. There are people in your life who have the potential to promote you that are watching you. And you don't even know they're watching there are people who are listening to your attitude, listening to how you talk, listening to what you say, listening to what you promote, listening to excellence in your life. You don't even know they're listening and Saul is listening to David. David doesn't know Saul can hear. And they overhear this conversation. So Saul speaks up and says, what did you say, young man? And, and 1 Samuel 17 records their story. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of this Philistine. Your servant, I will go and fight him. And then Saul does what you think the rest of the world does. Saul replied, you cannot go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're just a boy. Listen. You're just a boy and he has been doing this since his youth. The enemy's been training for that day for as long as he's been around. 
You think that Christianity is just going to be a walk in the park. It's not. Your enemy's been training for you since his youth. I'm telling you, Goliath knows what he's got planned for you. And Saul says, I don't know if you can do this. He's been ready for you. You're just a boy. And David replied, oh, let me tell you what what I've been doing in the meantime. Let me tell you about how my life has transpired. Your servant has been tending his father's sheep. And whenever, would you shout the word whenever? Whenever, whenever, whenever an opportunity came up. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock. This is how I know the Bible was written for southerners. He said, I went after it. You ever said that? I love that. I love a good old southern boy who said, I just got up and got after it. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Whenever it came up, there's some stuff in your life that you're dealing with right now that seems small and minuscule and insignificant. And I can't believe I've, this is all the responsibility I have. I can't believe this is as big as cars we got, as big as houses we got, as much money as we got. But I'm telling you, if you'll learn how to have a whenever spirit that you get in your soul that says, it doesn't matter what comes my way. Whenever I get an opportunity, I'm going to get up and get after it. Whenever I get a chance to prove myself, I'm going to prove myself and the potential for more. Would you shout amen to that? I'm preaching better than your amen. I went after it and I struck it down and I delivered the lamb from his mouth. This is my favorite part. Not only is he from the south, he's from Texas. He said, and if it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur. That's my favorite part. I'd grab it by the nap of its neck. I'd strike it down and I'd kill it. Now listen, write this down. Your servant has killed before. There's some stuff in your life that you're trying to prove if you'll kill it when it's small, then when you're faced with something more, you can be trusted to kill that big thing. I killed it. Oh, you thought I just got here, Saul. You thought I'm scared of blood. No, no, no. You don't understand. I've killed before. I killed a lion when it came up. I killed bears before. This uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like a lion and bear, for he's defied the armies of the living God, David added. I love that. He said, I've done this before. God, you can trust me because I've killed before. I killed a bad attitude back when I just had a little department to manage. I killed gossip back when I was just around the water cooler I killed a bad a, a bad spirit when I could have been mad I killed deception when I could have been manipulative I, I killed lack of trust am I helping you right now I killed lack of trust in my life when it could have overtaken me I killed offense when I could have lived my life offended I killed an angry heart and bitterness when I could have I've already killed this before so I'm ready to kill that I've, I'm going to buy my own CD today. I'm going to listen to my own podcast. I've killed this before. There's some small things in your life that God's testing you with. And if you'll learn in the testing of small things, then you can be trusted with more. And I love, how, I love the sequence of events here. David sort of gives his request. This is what I've been doing my whole life. This is the, I've, I've, I've been in the test of small things, king. And then he says, next slide, The Lord who delivered me from the claws of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. He doesn't talk about God giving him a miracle until the very end. 
I meet a lot of religious people who are just depending on, I just want God to come through. Well, what are you doing for it? Well, I'm just waiting on God. No, no, no. God's waiting on you to kill something you've already got in your hands. I'm just waiting. When God's ready for me, then He'll just promote me. You're right about that. But why don't you just give everything you've got where you are? Maybe He keeps waiting on you to pass this test so that He can give you more, put more in your hand. Oh, I just need a miracle, Pastor. You do. Why don't you get up and get working for your miracle? Why don't you start? Why don't you just start with what you've got? It's a test of small things in your life. Are you awake? Say amen. I'm going to make Vaughn move to the front row because he's the only amener I got. I see. <laughs> it's a test of small things. And then God came through. After I killed the lion and I killed the bear and I practiced my slingshot, then God came through. And then and only then does Saul say, Go, said Saul, and may the Lord be with you. Your promotion is waiting on your ability to pass the test of small things. The test of small things. Would you write this down? Don't ever be too big for something small. Don't be too big to pick up a broom. Don't be too big to just make the copies for your ball. I know you're not a secretary. I tell my staff all of the time, it's not your job, but it is your responsibility. There's a lot of things I do in this church that aren't my job. My primary job is what I'm doing to you right now and setting vision for this church. There's a lot of stuff I do that aren't my job, but they are my responsibility. You know why? Because I'm never going to be too big for something small. Don't ever, don't, don't ever get so where, I, well, I can't do that. I'm, I'm beyond that right now. No, 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 I'm not beyond that right now. I'm in a test for small things. I'm in a test. David's confidence grows in the field because he's got small things. Eventually he becomes king. But listen to me. David doesn't wake up one day in the pasture and move to the palace. Listen to me, 20-something, 30-something. You don't wake up one day and get everything that everybody on Instagram has. you got to work for it. you got to get up and get after it. you got to fight the battle of small things. Can you be trusted with the small things in your life? Are you still there? Say amen to that. I'm going to be trusted. I'm not going to be too big. I don't care if it's sweating. I don't care if it's just showing up. I don't care if it's sweeping the floors. I will not despise these small things. You say, I don't even have a small thing to, to work with. I don't even have a problem in my hand. I don't even know what it is you're talking about. Okay, if you can't identify that right now, listen to me. You need to go find a problem and then solve it. You, you know the people that are always going to have a job at your workplace? The problem solvers. You know the people that are going to be quick to leave your workplace? The people who can always find problems. I, I, in, in this church and in, in our staff, our ministry team, I love the people God surrounded us with because they're problem solvers. They're solutions minded. We don't come in here and say, well, I don't know, Pastor. It's just, it's a, it's just a movie theater. I don't know what we can do. They come in here and say, what if we, what if, after work, by the way, after they work 60 hours a week somewhere else, they say, what if we could build a bunch of things? What if we could go get LED? T- I know it's, it, we could do this affordably. We could build it ourselves. And they take nights and weekends. And everything that you see right here is because people decided, I will not I will not complain about what we don't have I'm going to get excellent with what we do have I will not complain about what we don't have I'm going to give our best with what we do have And then God can trust us with more Shout amen to that everybody I got to keep preaching but I want to preach this to you Don't lose the test The small things I, I, re- I started there because I really think it unlocks the door for the other test 
the test of small things. Here's the second one. Write this down quickly. I'm going to try to give you two today. The second test is the motivation test. The motivation test. Would you write that in your notes? The motivation test. And the motivation test comes to prove you're doing the right things for the right reasons. That you're doing the right things for the right reasons. Listen close. The goal of the motivation test is that what's in your heart matches what comes out of your mouth. Oh, I love it here. And in your heart you talk about everything wrong with it. Oh, I'm so thankful for this job. And then you get in the car and tell your husband how you hated going in today. I can't believe i got to keep working there. Do you know the Bible says that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks? I'll go further than that. The heart bone's connected to the face bone. Come on, somebody. I've met people who say stuff with their mouth, but they didn't tell the rest of their face. You know what I'm saying? And they go, oh, yeah, I'm super happy. Oh yeah, Pastor. This this oh it's oh man, I love it here. It's my honor. I'm telling you, I'm on a mission against it. That's why I'm taking the whole month of July. I'm gonna try to if you got false teeth, you better put them in for July, because we're gonna smile with every tooth we got. I'm gonna get you happy. I'm gonna, I gotta get joy in your heart. I'm gonna tell my heart how to act. My heart's deceitful. Listen to me. Don't trust your heart. You gotta tell your heart. Listen, heart, you're gonna have the right motivation. You're gonna get right. I'm not just gonna give lip service to this job. I'm gonna get it in my heart. It don't have to be the best job in the world. It don't have to be a hundred thousand dollars a year, but it's feeding my family now. So when I get up on Monday morning at 6 a.m., I'm gonna go in with a good attitude. I'm gonna go in give Giving my best. I'm going to go in showing up early. Staying late. Giving all I got because my heart's in it. Because my heart's. Are you there? It's the motivation test. I'm going to do the right things for the right reasons. I'm going to talk about money. I give you that warning so some of you can blank out. Do you give for the right reasons? Do, do, do you tithe for the right It's amazing to me. It's amazing that people go, oh yeah, we give. Oh yeah. Why do you tithe? I don't know. So I don't go to hell, I guess. I don't know. Listen, here's what the Bible said. 2 Corinthians says that everybody should give what you have decided where? Because it always comes from your heart. Giving doesn't start in your wallet. It starts in your heart. Give what's in your heart to give. And how you give matters. Not reluctantly. Not under compulsion. God will take money from angry people, but He loves cheerful givers. Come on, somebody. You can tithe and be mad about it. God will still cash your check. I'm just being honest with you about that. But you, but you get blessed when you're cheerful. I got to tell you, I know it's about money, and I, I, I don't. I, I, today's not all about money. Let me tell you something. When Brandy and I get a chance to tithe, as a matter of fact, for years in my marriage, we would write a check out. Where all my check writing tithers at? I, I, we would pay online. We would try to give on, and it just didn't feel the same to me. Now I give online now. I text to give. I'm backslid. I'm sorry. But when, early on in our marriage, when we didn't have a whole lot, when you know what I'm saying, when when it, when we would think to ourselves, if I give ten percent to God, we gonna starve. Come on, somebody. That 10% is my food or whatever. I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know how it's going to come from. And we would we'd write a little check out for $6 or $10 or $12 and we'd bring it to church with us. And we'd put it in an envelope and we'd put it to God. You know why? Because I wanted God to know I'd be happy. I'd write on the bottom of that check, Deuteronomy 6. I can remember it like it's yesterday. When Every time a Jewish person would tithe, they would repeat. They would say that everything that I've got comes from God. And I'm returning the tithe back to God. And God would bless everything that I've got. And now 20 years later in ministry, we don't have everything we've ever wanted. But I'm telling you, I've never wanted for anything. 
God's always been faithful. You know why? Because my motivation, I'm going to give it because I get to. I get to put God first. Listen to me. I don't serve here because you all pay me. I would do what I do if I didn't work here. You know why? Because I love what I get to do. I'm called to do this. I don't want you to show up and serve and load in and load out and load out. Look at me. And load out. I don't just I don't want you to do it cuz I make you feel guilty. I want you to do it cuz I get to do this. I get to set up a church in a movie theater. I get to create an experience where 25 people get baptized in one Sunday last Sunday. I get to create a church where 67 people in one Easter give their hearts to Jesus. I get to create a church where 120 kids get checked in and get to her get to hear about Jesus and his love and his per I get to to do this. I wish, you'd, I wish you'd shout amen to that. My heart's in it. I'm so passionate about it because I want your heart in it. I, 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 my team's going to hate me for doing this. Look at me. If your heart's not in it, resign today from the dream team. Just You're not helping nobody. Do, do, helping us is hurting you. I got to let you go. <laughs> I want your heart to be. Your motivation's got to be right. Everything in your heart's got to be right. The job that's coming. You know what? I'll come play. Uh, Graylin, come play. Or they're going to think I'm never going to quit. I all, look, can I be honest with you? No? Okay. <laughs> I always am, but I'm going to be especially honest. I always get job opportunities. To pastor other churches, larger churches, considerably larger churches, on the hard days. Nope, nobody ever calls me, Brandy knows, nobody ever calls us on the days we baptize 25 brand new people. They call us on the hard days when I think, man, I did terrible today. Man, nobody showed up today. Nobody was serving, the lights turned off. That was last week. Nobody's, I don't know what we're doing. Why did we, why did we leave everything? Why, we don't have retirement. We, didn't, we left a good job. What am I doing? Those are the days, I'm going to be honest with you. Somebody will call me and say, hey, there's a church of thousands in San Diego and all you got to do is preach in shorts twice a year, you know, or whatever. That doesn't happen or I'd probably take that. Anyway, God knows my heart about that. There's some, there's some tests that have come into your life on the hard days. And it's not testing whether or not you'll say yes or no. Listen close. It's testing your motivation for staying. Because if I'm motivated to preach the gospel by money, and I get the chance to make more money, then it's a test of my heart. I'm not here because of money. i got to come back to that point where I go, okay, God, I'm not here because it's easy. I'm here because I'm called to be. You understand the motivation test. There are going to be some stuff come into your life that looks like opportunity, but it's a test of your heart. Why am I doing this? Why do I really want to go there? Am I just running away from this? Am I just saying no to that? What's really going on? It's a, it's a motivation test. Why, am I, why are we trying to give up? Is it because I have obligation? Why do I give? Why do I serve? Why am I going to church? Why am I staying married? I've met people that marry for the wrong reasons. And you'll be given a day, probably a lot of days, that you have the opportunity to leave. So I tell married couples that are going through hard times, find a reason to stay. 
Don't look for a way out. Look for a way to stay in. Look for a way that your heart changes. Sometimes your mouth doesn't match it. Sometimes your face is filled with tears as you go to bed at night. Thinking, what would we do? Well, I, it would just be easier to move on. It would just be easier to just find somebody else. And I'm not staying because I'm here for... I'm preaching to somebody right now. Don't stay together for the kids. Stay together because you know God has a plan. Because God can heal anything. Because God can make what's broken put back together. It's just about your heart. Just check the motivation of your heart. Don't keep blaming your church. If you've been to 12 churches in town, it's probably not the church. I'm glad you're in this one, number 13. But Can I be honest with you? You'll find, you'll find something wrong here. You'll, you'll go on to the next one. Because your heart. Don't blame your job. Oh, I just can't get along with those people. No, no, no. What's really going What's in my heart? Don't blame your wife, your family, where you were raised. Starts in your heart. Your motive is the compelling force behind everything that you do. Why, do, why is it? You know why I do it? Because I know God's called me. You know why I stay here and every, every, every time somebody calls, I say, no, 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 man. God's called me there. Man, it's an awesome place. Is it hard? You bet it's hard. But my heart, my heart, motivation of my heart. Why do you stay married? Check the motivation. Why do you give and serve? And It's the motivation test. Am I helping you today? Say a big amen. It's the test of small things. And the motivation test, you are in a test. Close your notes and look at me in the eyes. These are the proving grounds of your life. You'll have a chance you may be in a proving ground today, a test today, a test of small things, a test of what, what am I going to do with what I've got? A am I going to be excellent? Am I going to keep my heart right? Am I doing the right things for the right reasons? Do I offer a lot of lip service but my heart's not really in it? It's a test. God didn't send it into your life to tempt you. Temptation is what leads you to sin. Testing leads you to promotion. This is not a temptation. It's a test. It's a test. Let me talk to 20-somethings. It's a test. It's a test. Be faithful with what you do have. Be faithful with the job opportunity you do have. One of the things I love about some of the people who serve in this church is their faithfulness. De Destiny, raise your hand. Destiny, wave at everybody right there. Destiny's super shy. She'll hate me for that for a long time. Destiny was at this church the first day we had church in a little elementary school right next door. She was there that very first day. The thing I love about Destiny, y'all don't know this, she just, she just went through four years at University of Texas by herself. I'm telling you, no family up here, no support, no nothing. Graduated and amazing. And, and in the meantime, she was a nanny. Come on, somebody. Let me interpret nanny for you. I'm raising your bad kids because you don't. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry. Do they come here? Okay, good. And I, it was just, she was just tested with small things. Now God's got more for her. Now job, we've been praying for the right job opportunity. We've been praying for the right open door. And God's going to do it. You know why? Because the whole time she's going to school full time, working full time, and, and, and would serve her brains out in this church. 
passing the test of small things. Passing the test of small things. Small things. Small things. 20-somethings, be faithful with what you do have. Come on, live in purity now. If you've got a porn addiction now, marriage ain't going to fix that. Be, be, be Decide in your heart, I'm going to be pure with what I got. I'm going to be pure right now. Not then. Am I helping you? Just, just I'm going to be trusted with this. I'm going to be trusted with this. My motivation's right. I'm not just doing it because I have to. My whole heart's in it.